Candid, captivating, compelling. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Listen in as Dr. Dina, medical marijuana pioneer and inspiration for the award-winning TV series, Weeds, shares never-before-heard stories, chats with cannabis insiders and celebrity friends, and provides invaluable perspective and insight into one of the fastest-growing industries in the world. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Cannabis Confidential with your host, Dr. Dina. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential. I'm your host, Dr. Dina. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have an awesome show. We're going to recap Chalice Festival, which was brought to us by Hitman Glass. They are an awesome, awesome boros silicate glass company. They make all their stuff in the U.S. and really great quality pieces. They are kind of like Hmm. I would say laboratory type pieces because they're not like super colored and super heady, but they're really basic, awesome pieces that I recommend everybody should own at least one or two or three or five or 10, but depending on how much you smoke. We had an awesome, awesome event. Chalice Festival is similar, what some people are actually comparing it to, the weed version of Coachella. And the reason for that is it is a music, hash, and glass festival. Lasting two long days, it actually goes longer than most other conventions where party starts at at noon or one o'clock and it goes to one in the morning, 12-hour days. People are smoking, they're dabbing, they're networking, they're listening to amazing bands. They had three different stages this year and they had different musical acts performing all the time. So literally every second you're there, you can go up to any of the three stages and find someone that you like listening to performing. And it was really cool seeing these musicians wanting to get involved in the cannabis industry because when I first got involved, it was so hush hush. You know, everyone knew that people smoked like my good friend Snoop Dogg. Clearly everyone knows he smokes cannabis, but it wasn't something we talked about. It wasn't something that we would want to represent. Musicians didn't want to wear weed t-shirts. And nowadays, it's the in thing. And it's really cool seeing all of these great celebrities, musicians backing our community and doing something that is really creating history. We made history this last weekend. One of the things I'm most excited about is the collective that I consult for, which is called Alternative Herbal Health Services in West Hollywood, or it's affectionately known as OzWeHo. And OzWeHo had a booth this year, just like they did last year. But we decided to do something really special and the way that people are doing business at these conventions. And most of 99.999% of the booths, the people there, the businesses that rented a booth and were vending their products and their wares were simply that, vending their products, showing off their new product of the year or their new collaboration with another person. But they were selling it for profit. And that's wonderful. And I think that this has changed the industry completely because you can go to these events and meet your favorite celebrity, your cannabis celebrity that you follow online and, and you meet on social media and it becomes very personal and you want to join this fight. And I know that you, we've discussed this before in the, in the past and we had a wonderful guest named Stephanie Landa a few shows back. She was my weed warrior of the week. And Stephanie was the one that served five years in federal prison for growing cannabis. And she's like 
my fairy pot mother. She really has become that. And I've known Stephanie for about 13 years. And when I first met her, it was about the, the first thing she told me was, I'm waiting to turn myself into the feds because I have to serve five years in federal prison. And she looked like my mom. And I just couldn't grasp the concept of the government putting away someone who looks so innocent behind bars for a plant. And that's when she told me, you know, Dina, 10% of all cannabis users get arrested for cannabis and they go to jail. And that has really affected me, especially when I look at Chalice Festival. And I know that there were approximately 20,000 tickets sold for this event, which means 20,000 cannabis users showed up. And you look at 10% of that, that means that 2,000 people, 2,000 of us that were at this festival, according to this number, will be arrested for cannabis-related charges. And when you go to jail for pot, usually people around you, your family, your friends, they treat you like you've done something wrong and they don't want to put money on your books. And so we decided to take this opportunity of Chalice Festival and having 20,000, you know, pro cannabis people there. We decided to rent a slushy machine. We actually rented four of them and we made non-medicated slushies. We basically gave them away for a donation and the money would go to our pot prisoners. We also rented a police car, a and everyone believed this was a real police car, which I thought was freaking awesome. But really, it was just a Hollywood set car that they use for TVs and movies. We rented that and we hired an actor to dress up as an LAPD officer and kind of mess with some of the festival goers. And you could make a donation and you could smoke in the cop car and you could film it for your social media. And people were really taking advantage of this, creating great, great footage and videos, audio with the police officer interviews and pictures, and it's going viral today. I'm noticing all these pictures of people getting arrested for taking a dab in the police car. It was so funny. But we all made jokes of this, and then in the end, we counted up all of this cash, and we had $3,543 to put on our prisoners' books. I actually added a little bit of money myself just to make it an even $3,600. And today, my friends Stephanie Landa and... My other friend, Cannabis Sherry, are going to the post office and getting money orders for all of our prisoners to put money on their books so they can call their family this week. This is going to be awesome. They could write a letter to their family. They can buy some Tabasco sauce and they could get a cup of noodle soup because we, as we all know that they feed our prisoners some pretty horrifying, not for human consumption meats. And we want them to have a nice meal and think about us and know that they are not forgotten, that there are people there that really care and really help and want to do something. And I hope that we inspired more people to want to get involved and more dispensaries who have booths and brands. We want you guys all to get involved and help because I think that the next festival, we can clear $10,000 with your help. And with that money, we can have our prisoners write letters to help get them clemency. And that's really what we want is we want to get them clemency. We want to get them out, get them home to be with their families. And we want to change the laws and prevent people from ever going to jail again. Now, with that said, we need a lot of help. And the people that are the most helpful for this cause are people that have really built an amazing profile, a presence on social media. And one of those people 
Her name is Coral Reefer, and she is our guest today, and I'm so excited to introduce her. She's a cannabis activist who is so well-known in our space, and when I first became public in the cannabis space, I was really worried that people were going to out me, and I liked my privacy, and I was always aware of Coral and what she was doing, and really impressed with the balls that she had for female to go out there and videotape her smoking and showing all these products and not being afraid of the consequences. And she has really inspired me to come forward and say, you know what? It's fine. If my parents don't like me smoking a joint, guess what? They're going to get over it. If my uncle doesn't like it, guess what? Maybe if he watches me enough times, he'll be desensitized to it. And if he ever were to get cancer, he would be open to trying it. And that to me is really, really powerful. And Coral, she realized that cannabis helped treat her anxiety and depression early in life. She started smoking when she was much younger. And she started doing research on the internet, as a lot of these young kids do these days. When I was younger, I didn't have the internet. We had to go find a dictionary and hope that it was in there. And I remember being in third grade and Madonna's song, Like a Virgin, came out. And my girlfriend looked at me, one of my friends said, what's a virgin? And I said, I don't know. I thought it was a drink, like a virgin pina colada. I don't know. And I remember us huddled in the corner of our classroom and our teacher walked up and said, what are you ladies doing? And we shut the dictionary very quickly because we were on V looking for virgin. And, And that's how we used to find out information. Nowadays, you just Google cannabis and you have a wealth of information. And I think we all owe Coral a huge thank you to contributing to all this wealth of information because she found out in her findings, in her research, it led her to supporting the legalization and the regulation of the cannabis plant. Now, Coral attends a plethora of cannabis events. She has been seen at every High Times Cup that I've been to. She's been at Chalice Festival. She shows her face at comedy clubs. She does guest bud tending at shops, but she also helps educate people. And it's not just about showing off pictures of herself smoking a bong, looking sexy, which she always does. And what she does is she created a website called Newsnug, which you guys should all check out. It's www.newsnug.com. And there's amazing information. She basically just posts what's going on in the world today. And so I actually like to go every couple of days and check out her account and see what's going on. And, And she really helps bring a lot of light to the situation that we're, that we have on hand. And it's that time we got to take a short break. But when we come back, we're going to be joined with my weed warrior of the week, Coral Reefer 420. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina will continue after a word from our most confident sponsors. Your connection to quality cannabis insurance services is spelled K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R. That's Karcher Insurance. We have worked with ventures like cannabis for over 60 years. We're proud to represent over 50 companies with tailor-made cannabis plans for owners just like you to insure your product, your plants, and your pursuits. K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R spells out their full-service insurance services ranging from Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Well, with four states with tax and regulate and the District of Columbia. The State of Cannabis. 
oh my god, it's refreshing. We have people that generally wouldn't speak on behalf of cannabis for fear of retribution, fear of losing your practices, fear of, of many of those things, and, and find ourselves in a, a place that we finally can. Bringing you fact-based news and views, and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. The State of Cannabis. On demand anytime, only on CannabisRadio.com. Growing green to generate more green. Hello to all you happy herbalizers, smiling, trippy hippies, and everyone who believes in freedom and tolerance. This is The Grow Show, and I'm Kyle Cushman. From food to fuel, from remedy to resource. Welcome my guest, Ed Rosenthal, the guru of ganja. Let me ask you, right now I hear your lighter clicking. Are you smoking indoor, or are you smoking sun-grown? What am I smoking? I'm smoking concentrate. <laughs> Way to get out of the answer there. So you're truly like the, the, the king, right? You just have you just clap your hands and somebody brings you a bowl and you're all set, right? Mm, I wish that were the case. <laughs> the Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. Dr. Dina is back with more Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. We have Coral Reefer on the phone with us, joining us this week as our Weed Warrior of the Week. Welcome, Coral. Thank you so much. It's such an honor. I'm really excited to be on the podcast. Well, we are so excited to have you on and talk about all the amazing things that you've been doing. And I just want to thank you for NewsNug because I think that is something so selfless of you to do. And most people don't want to waste their time. And I know for a fact that I, for one, wanted to do something like this. But the amount of work it takes to stay on it every day is so hard for me. And then just knowing that you do it gives me peace. So thank you so much. <laughs> oh, thank you. NewsNug was actually a passion project of mine because news isn't something that's easily monetized. It's not something that people really miss when I don't post it. If I do miss a day, no one's giving me up. Where's NewsNug? I want to see it. So it's something that started because I noticed my mom's friends who didn't smoke weed and who were totally sober, they were making all these assumptions about cannabis politics, that we like don't pay taxes and that we're still breaking California law to have dispensaries. It was so frustrating to me that we are moving forward in a state legal business and citizens don't even know what's going on. They don't even understand currently back down cannabis. So I just, once I realized that so much needed to be shared, I just tried to find the best platform for it and build the NewsNug network. And it's been really, really fun finding stories from all over the world. Cannabis is changing its uh, position in different countries and states everywhere. It's really fun. It's really unbelievable because I was in Spain last year and when I realized what was going on there, and I only knew about it from your NewsNug, really. I mean, I, I knew that they had something going on, but I didn't realize they were adv as advanced as they were. And I recently, I heard that you uh, went back to Australia for the second time, is it? Yeah, they do Nimbin Mardi Gras in a little town called Nimbin, which reminds me of a tiny, tiny Humboldt, California. And everything there is cannabis related. You can buy and sell and trade things with cannabis or brownies or hash. And they have this big festival that's just all focused on the plant and how amazing the plant is. And no one's there representing their brands and no one's there talking about their strain. It's really just we need people to understand the plant. So I had a chance to go in 2014 and I felt like radicalized by it. I came home and was like, we need to talk about this more. We need to stop talking about our brands and start talking about this plant. And 
I was really excited to go back in 2015 this year, I think, to a company called Odd Bonk. They hooked it up and brought me back, and it was incredible. So they're actually, within like the first year that I started looking at Australia's news and cannabis, they've already begun medical trials for medical marijuana, and they had a family step forward and donate over $30 million to medical research. So Australia's like coming in hot on Canada's research. They're excited and ready, and they're making a lot of fast progress. And I only know a lot of this because of news nugs, just finding stories. That's incredible. What I think what you just said blew my mind, how people were not there promoting their brands, but just the plant itself. <laughs> I love that. It, it is mind-blowing. Yeah. Right? At the Mardi Gras, there's no booth. It's just a march, and people are in green because they love it. And That is so cool because, you know, for the people at home that are listening that have never been to a cannabis event, when you go in, there are thousands of cannabis brands. So, for example, let's say you grow a specific strain of pot that nobody else has and you decide to give it a name. You can brand it and make T-shirts and signs and now all of a sudden, I mean, let's, we can call it, you know, Smoking Joe OG, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And it, you're now going to see this brand and everyone's promoting their brand and trying to become better than everybody else. But I think they really lose the fact that we're all in this fight together. <laughs> and you mentioned in the beginning of the show the drug prisoners, and the prisoners still serving time. And it's something really easy to forget once you start doing well in your own cannabis industry. You start having your own brand, your own extracts, or dispensary. You forget that people are really out there struggling just to get recognition that this is a good plant, let alone it's not harmful or that your brand is better than someone else's. So it was a huge reality check just to go outside California and to get away from a weed mall version, which is its own amazing candy store-like feeling. Such a treat to actually be able to have a weed mall event. Right. But then to have the reality check of people are still just struggling for the conversation. This is a good plant. This is something we need to have access to. And that conversation can't be forgotten no matter where you are. And I love that you're that you create a news nug to kind of change the minds of your mom's friends because people our age and younger are all embracing what cannabis does. They get it. We don't really need to convince them so much, but it's the older generation that actually the irony here is that they all tried it in the sixties when it was illegal. And I hear Mm -hmm. this from so many people who are anti-cannabis and then they, after talking to them for a while, they'll say, well, you know, I tried it once in 1971 and I go, well, you know, you broke the law then, right? Because we don't break it. <laughs> and so you, know, you, you look at that. And then the other thing that really affected me it was when I was involved in a – I was at a collective and we were raided by the DEA. And I was so angry when they walked in and they, they come in, you know, they bust your doors down. And now I know my rights and I know that when you come in and you have a warrant to raid someone, you have to – it's called a knock and announce. You have to knock and you announce you have a warrant and you have to give the people an opportunity to open the door. We had a mm-hmm. knock and announce warrant. They knocked by busting our door open. They announced that we're getting raided and when I asked them for the warrant, they said it'll get here sometime. And mm-hmm. that's when I said to them, hold on a second. President Obama – just said that he wasn't going to go after these types of businesses. And the DEA agent looked at me and said, why don't you call him yourself and complain? And that mm-hmm. was the first moment when I realized, like, hold on a second. You can make rules. You can make laws. But this government agency is not going to listen to you. 
and they're going to do whatever they want because they can keep this money. And that is the the force behind the police is they can keep this money if the DEA is involved. And just like I said, 2,000 people that were at Chalice, essentially, those numbers, Mm -hmm. those people could be arrested and in jail right now for pot. And who's going to help them? And so and they it's feel so embarrassed about it too. You might feel like if you get arrested for cannabis and you're a legal patient, you might feel like you did something wrong or like you messed up or like it was somehow your fault and not really understand that the law is still wrong. The law is still not being applied equally when it comes to ma- medical marijuana and who should really have access to it. So I feel like the 2000 people that you say at Charles will probably be arrested for cannabis use sometime in their life. I hope that those 2000 people speak up and get the resources that you're providing by having access points and drug prison um, reform letters. And you can find lawyers, you can find organizations already involved helping prisoners so that if you end up in that position, you know what to do. But I feel like so many people still feel ashamed that should they get arrested, they hide and they they don't tell their friends and family what happened because they don't even know that they shouldn't be ashamed yet. You know, I totally agree. And you know what scares me even more is the negative connotation, the stigma attached to the plant, because let's say your cousin gets arrested for pot. Now your grandma gets diagnosed with cancer. Is she going to want to try pot? Probably not. Mm -hmm. And that's what scares me. It's because all these people who really would benefit from using cannabis are afraid of the stigma. They're just they don't want their peers to judge them that they're doing something wrong. And we're not doing anything wrong. (laughs) Mm hmm. You mentioned desensitizing family to cannabis use, and I think right up until that point that you're arrested and that becomes its own scary situation to deal with, that is such a value of desensitizing your family, of being a known person, even if your family's not happy about it, but if you're a known contact point in your family that, yeah, that person smokes weed, yeah, everyone knows they maybe grow it, maybe they have a bunch of it, maybe they know people that smoke it, that can help your family so much because if someone does get sick, they may hesitate for a second, but you're probably going to be one of the first people that they call saying, you know, I've heard cannabis might help. Do you know anything about it? I've received that phone call from my own family more than a few times, and it's heartbreaking because it's never good news. It's never a positive situation. It's always someone's in pain, someone's sick, and now they're wondering if cannabis can help. And I am just very thankful that I have been very public in my family life because these are relatives I haven't talked to in years and years. And I hope that I'm in a position to find them some help when I can, but thankfully I haven't been arrested for cannabis use, so they don't have that legal hesitation holding them back, and they can come to me, but I had to put myself out there, so I think that people need to have the education within themselves. They need to feel comfortable and confident about cannabis, and a lot of that can come from social media and can come from seeing their friends' posts and clicking the links and reading the stories, and then you can become the resource point in your family and your network and you can help change people's minds without really going outside or doing too much. If you already have a full-time job and a family, I totally understand that, but you can still educate yourself and then slowly make the ripples of change. We all have work to do. We all have a job. We all need to educate. And if we all took that time to educate five people a day, pretty soon there will, we will be living in a world that is pro cannabis. So we're mm-hmm. going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be joined with Coral Reefer still. We're going to be talking about more pot stories and talk about Stony Sundays and Naked Bong Hits with Coral Reefer. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Mm-hmm. Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina will continue after a word from our most confident sponsors. 
Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. Educator, author, and advocate, Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues. And I'm here to clear up the myths about cannabis and burn them away with science. CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the cannabis crusade. Dr. Kevin Hill. You can't ignore the fact that, like alcohol, most people who use don't have a problem. So I think that you need to think about policy in that way while educating people properly about marijuana. I think that's the way to go. Burning Issues, only on CannabisRadio.com. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com Dr. Dina is back with more Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back. I'm Dr. Dina, host of Cannabis Confidential, with your guest, Coral Reefer 420. She is awesome. (laughs) So, Coral, I have been following you online, and I noticed that you have started blowing glass. I have. It's been amazing. It's been like almost two years since I first tried it, but it's like a slow progression for me. Well, I am just absolutely in love with your little fish that you've been making that I see all these people wearing around their necks and you're dabbing with the fish and using it as a carb cap for your hash oil. So smart, so cute, and I just absolutely love it. That was fan suggested, actually. A reefer pointed out that they make good dabbers and carb caps because I had just been wearing them and people have been contacting me like why don't you make dabbers and why don't you make pipes and things that we can use and I've just been really enjoying making what I want to and what seems fun and so I thought it was really exciting when someone found a use for the fish you can carb top and dab with them and they're super handy so I'll have to send you one for sure you have to tell me oh I love them so cute so cute and everyone <laughs> in the, the industry nowadays for those of you listening at home who don't come to cannabis events it's amazing because the new hot thing is to be wearing a pendy, which is a basically a piece of glass that's been blown in a shape of whatever it is, like a marble or in Coral's case, she makes this really cool fish and you wear it on your neck and it is the new jewelry for our industry. And it's funny because when I first saw them, I'm like, why would you want to wear a piece of glass? It's like, I'd rather wear diamonds. And then after watching these people making these pieces, you realize that these pieces of glass are way cooler than diamonds. <laughs> and yeah, so they're way cooler. And you're supporting so an American cute. family. And yeah. Yeah, it's cool because you're giving opportunity to more people in the US to make something. You know, it's it's we're really creating a whole new business, a, a world of making money. And as we know, people in our generation are having a hard time 
buying houses, paying off their college tuitions. And we're just creating an entire world for people to do well, to be able to support their families. And I think that's so cool. So back to some of the awesome stuff that Coral does. Coral is the queen of YouTube. She has a show that she created um, and she hosts. It's called Stony Sundays. And every Sunday you can go on to her website. It's StonySunday.com, correct? Yeah, I have the website up on StonySunday.com. And really I've been experimenting with YouTube's live stream feature. So on Sundays they can catch it on YouTube.com slash CoralFish19. And I try and have it live then. But then the archives are all on StonySunday.com. Right on, right on. And so what do you do about on Stony Sundays? What's your thing? It's all question and answer. And I really thought that this was going to be a small project. I was going to just answer some questions. I got on social media. I was smoking cannabis. And people wondered, you know, did I buy my own? What strain am I smoking? How long have I been smoking weed? And so I, I started a little series that I figured once a week I'll burn through some social media questions and answer them. And the questions just got better and better and less about me and more about the plant. And I started learning things because people would ask, like, why are indicas more common in my region? And I'd be like, oh, my God, let's find out. I don't know why. So I started doing the research, and I, I learned a lot through Stony Sunday and through helping people answer their own pop questions. So it's been over four years now, and we just keep going. Sometimes they're pre-recorded. Like if I do an episode with my mom, I have her on a week or two in advance so I can edit it and pre-upload that. But more often than not, they are live. So I just start the show at 4 on Sunday, and I'll smoke with people and answer their questions. And then when I go to events, like I just saw you at Chalice and had a great time. And actually at Chalice, I did something different, and I asked people to answer questions instead of me. So I'm really looking forward to putting that footage together and having a kind of different Stony Sunday. That's cool. We should have done a Stony Sunday in the cop car. We should have. There were like five people. I'm like, why did I forget? I was so excited to see you that I forgot I was working and I didn't even pick up my camera. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll have to get you on the show for a full segment and like a whole episode. It'd be great. Yeah, that would be awesome. So you guys, make sure you check out NewsNug and StonySunday.com. Coral also has a blog, which is CoralReefer420.com. So you can go on there. You can see all her photos, her videos, see what she's up to. I always just check. It's so funny. I, I When it's going through your website, I'm like, I have those leggings. I have that shirt. <laughs> I started this thing called Reefer's Closet, hashtag Reefer's Closet. So now whenever I like post an outfit picture, I use that tag and then people can go find her to buy it. That's so cool. I love that. And and that actually goes back to one of my next questions for you is, do you feel that being a woman in the industry has brought you power or has hurt you? I think it's brought me a lot of power. I think that's a great way to poise that question, honestly, too. There are a lot of opportunities for me to take the back seat because I am a woman. But then when I, I'm not comfortable with that and I say, like, no, I actually have an idea for how it can go. Or, no, I brought my own camera and I'm ready to shoot. Um, people are impressed with that. People are excited. And I think our industry, being a industry of individuals and people that are sometimes outcast by their families and are sometimes loners, we're really encouraging the underdog in this industry. And sometimes the underdog is a woman. So there is a lot of support for female leaders in this industry, but we as women have to stand up and get there. We really have to put in the work and we really have to say, I have the ideas, I have the plans, I want to do this, and I don't need help. So it's 
it's definitely been a scary road. There were some times where I was laying off because I wanted to pose in what I thought was like a fun and feminine and sometimes partially naked way. And it wasn't just because I'm a woman, but because of how I felt as a person. That's just who I was that day. I was kind of naked. And it's a really easy insult to go to. Well, you're a naked woman. Your opinion doesn't matter. I think it's great to open up that conversation within the cannabis community and outside it. And it's kind of like a new battleground. Not only are you talking about legalizing a plant, but we're talking about self-expression and what we are allowed to do as individuals. And Yeah. So I, I feel like it's actually overall been really positive. You know, it's interesting because up to about, you know, 20, 25 years ago, all of the people that grew pot for the most part were men and the women would stay home and take care of the kids. And if something happened to their man, they would stay home and take care of the kids and support the family. And the women always kept a distance from the plant. And in the last 10 years, I've really seen a huge influx of women taking over going, wait a second, I have a better vegetable garden than my husband. So why wouldn't I grow Mm -hmm. the pot? And yeah. It's, it's just grown so much. And what's interesting is I feel like ever since more women have gotten involved like you, myself, other people, I feel like the stigma is changing. People are seeing a softer side of cannabis, just like you can do your videos and do naked bong hits. And yeah, you get, I'm sure, a lot of guys oogling over you and watching this. But you're giving women a lot of power to say, look at me. I can do whatever I want. I can take my clothes off. I can smoke a bong load. These are things that were not acceptable before and look how acceptable it is. And so thank you for doing something like that. I know it's not everyone thanks people for taking their clothes off and taking bong hits, but this will be a first. (laughs) Thank you. And it's it's important important to me that I own those images. I don't undress for a photographer. I don't model because that's not not something I wanted to be. I I want to talk for a living and give my opinion on things. So it's very important to me that when I'm naked, it's a self-shot image. Or my boyfriend, he's right there. It's never a photographer. It's never something like that. And it's comfortable to me. So it's just always important that people are comfortable to themselves. And that's having control. And I think control is really important when it comes down to something like that. And a lot of the times there are women in the industry who just want to be models. And the way I look at them is like there's just not much there. There's not much going on. It just I just want to be known as a pretty girl in the pot space. But you are much more than that, and you really educate and, and get people to bring awareness to our plant. And so I have so much respect for you and just want to thank you so much for everything that you've done because it hasn't been easy. And well, people do so judge us. I, for one, I get judged by people all the time, so I know how it feels, and it's not easy. And we just need to stay strong and band together. And all those women out there, look at Coral, know what she's done. She has changed so many people's perceptions on cannabis. So it's all your job to do exactly what Coral's doing and educate your friends and family. Coral, any last words before we get going? I am just so happy to be on the show, and thank you. And one last big hurrah for women in the industry. It can be scary to enter it, but there's a lot of awards and recognition out there. Mortimer says won the first ever Secret Cup Finals. Boo's Bubble Hash was done by a woman, and she's won awards. Ohm Edibles. Women are out there, like, kicking ass. So I'm really happy to be a part of the tennis community and a female in the tennis community. So thank you for having me on the show, Dr. Dina. Oh, anytime. Thank you so much for coming on. You guys, we are out of time, but I'd like to thank Coral for being our guest today, our Weed Warrior of the Week. I'd like to thank my producer, Brasco, for making this show possible and kicking ass. So join us next time for another edition of Cannabis Confidential with your host, Dr. Dina. 
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.